Hey there, podcast listeners. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a podcast viewer? Well, if so, have I got some news for you. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theatre Podcast will be performing live at the 2015 Toronto Fringe Festival. Go to our website, www.duotangmysteries.com, for our performance dates and venue, and we hope to see you there. Enjoy the episode. True stories of history's forgotten detectives from across the 20th century. This is Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theatre! This sleepy spring morning finds Professor C. H. Arles and his intrepid terrier Ophiacus leaving Cambridge by train. At the invitation of an old friend, they are bound deep into the Somerset coal field. I must admit, Inspector, when you called me this morning with your peculiar proposal, I thought, ew. But on reconsideration, a visit to your hometown with its population in the single digits may be the perfect place for Ophiacus and me to catch up on my mathematical periodicals. Or mathemodicals, as I like to call them. Without some silly crime ruining all the fun. Oh, uh, yes, Professor. You will just love Flinwick. The murky skies, the smell of the coal ash in the air, your lungs turning a healthy and invigorating black. The Encyclopedia Britannica may call it Wales's commode, but I call it home. Perhaps you'd like to hear about the local history. Certainly, my dear Inspector. And while I listen, I might just give the Q2 issue of Fractions Quarterly a once-over. There's a joke in there somewhere. I would have said, I'm totally integer this issue of Fractions Quarterly. Hmm, perhaps this is my Q2 get on with the story. You see, Flinwick wasn't always a very table ghost town, Professor. When I was but a tiny little inspector, it was the biggest coal mine south of Manchester. The tunnels stretched for miles in all directions through the countryside. Not that there was much to the town. A barracks nearby to the mine for the men who worked there. One general store and a church to serve their earthly and spiritual needs. Then a few odd houses scattered about for the family men among them. Hmm, the devil you say. Oh, look, Ophiacus. Here's an amusing caricature of old Bertie Russell. I must show him. Uh, do go on, Inspector. How many sheep did you say your father kept? My da ran the grocery. No, I suppose it was round about twelve years ago when the mine shut down for good. Da retired and moved, as you know, to Massacre Pines, but the miners all took other jobs in Scotland or wherever they could. So now the mine and surroundings stand empty. A morose testament to what once was. Yes, well, it's very kind of you to have invited me. And so the train advances away from everything C.H. Arles acknowledges as civilization. At the penultimate station, a lone female figure boards the train and passes from car to car until she comes across the mismatched duo. Oh, there you are. Um, hello. Do you gentlemen mind if I join you? Not at all, Polly. I mean, Miss Will Stranger. I mean, I assume your name is Will Stranger. It's Wilson, actually. Polly Wilson. Hmm. Why, thank you for asking. I'm doing very well, except for the fact that my sisters both died under inexplicable circumstances, and I fear I may be next. And how are you? What a curious coincidence, Polly, Miss Stranger Wilson. By inexplicable happenstance, you happen to be in the presence of the most celebrated solver of conundrums of our modern age. Perhaps this genius, this giant among men, will be able to help you with your predicament. Mm. I am, of course, referring to myself. I don't see any other geniuses about, do you? Subtle. Very well. With your permission, I shall tell you my tale, and perhaps you, Prof... 
Spectre Plotter, will be able to save my innocent life. You two are really remarkably bad at this. I am now returning to my home in the village of Flinwick, where I have lived all my life. Oh, how strange that the two of you are only meeting today. Oh, well, now that you mention it, I seem to remember that maybe Miss Wilson and I did know each other many years ago. I assume by now you are very well versed in the history and geography of Flinwick? Yes, and by yet another coincidence, I just finished telling the professor about it. Oh, yes, of course. I was particularly interested in the bit about the... Dairy farm? I really was not listening at all. Well, in any case, my father was the chaplain of a tiny church that served Flinwick. He died just before the closure of the mine, leaving Prudence, Patience and me, the house, and very little else. We have no family, so we had no choice but to remain there. We took in laundry for the neighbouring villagers and hoped to save enough money to move away someday. I'm sorry. Prudence and Patience? My late sisters. And your name is? stop. Well, here we are. Perhaps you'd both care to take a look about the old town with me and hear the rest of my story? I don't see why not, considering there's nothing else to do in this village. Again, thank you so much for the invitation. My house is just through the town. This way. Just one point, Miss Wilson, on which I require clarification. Of course, Professor Oz. Your name is Polly. Yes. Just Polly. Here, we're coming up on the old barracks now. Why don't we take a look inside? Oh, yes, that will be wonderful. I've never seen beds before. I've got the key here. My sisters and I locked up all the buildings after the mine was shut. Everyone left so suddenly, they left behind their stoves and furniture. We thought it only right to close everything up. Very wise. Three women living all alone. You don't want some strange vagrant shacking up near about. Oh, we were very careful on that account. You may be sure... We never ventured out after dark and kept our doors locked at all times. Not that it helped in the end. It just doesn't make sense. Patience and prudence. A man of the cloth names his daughters after the virtues he wishes to instill in them. And his third daughter he names... Polly, perhaps you'd better get on with your story. Prudence died four years ago. The doctor called it natural causes, but there was nothing natural or causal about it. My sister was as healthy as can be. How can a woman of 30 die in her sleep without a mark on her? I... There's nothing to see here, I think. Shall we move on? The church is over here, you see. They wanted to have it near the entrance to the mine. It's dangerous work and the men would come to pray for safety before they went down. And then when they came back up, they'd stop in again. Now, not a soul has been inside for more than a decade. At least... At least, nobody has entered or exited. I've checked it over dozens of times in the past four years, and I can't find no way in or out. Do you believe me? Of course we do, Polly. Good. On this point, you must be sure, because on it rests the greatest mystery of this whole affair. You see, on the night that each of my sisters died, the bells of this church have rung. Hmm. This is most puzzling. Go on. The night Prudence died... I woke up to the sound of church bells through my open window. At first I thought it was the wind, but they rang so surely and steadily, it must have been a human hand. In the morning, Patience and I investigated, but all was secure. We didn't know what to make of it. We returned home to find that Prudence hadn't risen. It wasn't like Prue to sleep so late, and that's when we found her. What do you think, Professor? I can hardly believe this story, which I'm only now hearing from Polly for the first time. Miss Wilson, if you expect me to help you solve this puzzle, and I've half a mind to do so, 
You and your friend here must dispense with this charade. It is painfully obvious that your name cannot possibly be Polly. Yes. Fine, Professor. You're right. My father named his daughters Prudence, Patience, and... Politeness. Politeness? Yes, ha-ha, it's a silly name, but now can we please address the death of my sisters? Well, when you put it like that, you make me sound like a tit. Why don't we go see my dad's old grocery? I feel like we could all use a break about now. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theatre will be back after this. Come visit beautiful Flinwick, where... Uh, 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 um, so, so, so visit Flinwick today. And now, back to the show. Yeah, look at this place. Rotten produce left on the shelves, dust everywhere. And rodent feces. Oh, God, the rodent feces. It's just like I remembered. <coughs> Let's get out of here. What the dust is doing to a ficus's nose, the decor is doing to my eyes. What's that sign say? You don't have to be crazy to work here, but oh, my God, that is the biggest rat I have ever seen. Petunia. How are you, girl? No need to worry, Professor. Petunia used to be my pet rat. That would be terrifying if it weren't so fitting. Wait. Everybody back slowly away. Why? What's the matter? That isn't Petunia. Ah! Come visit Flinley, Carls. It'll be a lovely time. Only make sure you've had your bloody rabies vaccine. <laughs> I believe I've had enough discomfort for one day. Miss Wilson, perhaps we could proceed to your house for a brief repose before we find ourselves embroiled in any more Adventura Rodentia? Certainly, Professor. I was just about to take you there anyway. It's just this way, back towards the church. Though I can't say how comfortable you'll find it. Nonsense. However meagre you're about, as long as it's got a roof, it will do nicely. And if not? My God, there's been a fire. That's how Patience died. The night before last, I awoke to the sound of the church bells. I leapt up to investigate, but when I opened the door, that entire part of the house was an inferno. I escaped by climbing out my window, but Patience wasn't so lucky. Professor Arles, I need your help. The death of my sisters is more than I can bear, but now I'm afraid to stay in what remains of my house, and yet I have nowhere else to go. You must find the cause of this and save my life. Yesterday I got a telegram from Polly. She said she didn't have anywhere else to turn. After I heard her story, I told her to walk to the next station so she could accidentally find us on the train. You see, years ago, long before I met my Armintrude, Polly and I were sweethearts. I'm afraid that's why we played this nefarious and completely convincing ruse on you, Professor. Miss Wilson? Uh, Polly, I apologize for my levity throughout your story. I see now that you've been in grave danger for some time. But fortunately, I'm here now, and I believe that not only can I explain the mysterious circumstances of your sister's deaths, but also capture the parties responsible. Finally, after repeatedly being witness to horrible acts of violence, finally I can prevent one. Follow me, Miss Wilson, for tonight I am your salvation. A jubilant C.H. Arles leads his confused companions through the darkening town. 
I don't understand this, Professor. Polly's sister's died back at her house, so where are we going? The question isn't where we're going, Inspector, but... Well, where is, I suppose, the... Underground. We're going underground. The mine? You don't keep this gate locked. Why would we? There. You see? I see a genius looking very proud to have opened a gate. Remember how loudly the other doors groaned when we opened them? Now listen to this. If the mine were truly abandoned, this gate would be rusted shut. But you see that it is well-oiled and in excellent repair. Clearly it is regularly used. Shall we descend? Here, I've got a torch. No, we must be stealthy if we hope to apprehend the murderers. Let us proceed carefully. It's a labyrinth down here. Where do we go? This way. If our prey aren't there already, I suspect they will be soon. Ah, there they are. Shh. Who do you think it were, then? Don't worry about it, Bertha. We knew someone was bound to come poking around sooner or later. We got out in time and no one suspects a thing. The gals will be here soon and then we can start. Who are they, Professor, and how did you know where to find them? There's so many different tunnels. Shh! Remain absolutely silent and let's see what they're up to. All right, ladies, stop where you are. You are really not good at subterfuge. Scarpa, girls! Not so fast. I'm not usually one to discharge my weapon, but I'm willing to make an exception. Stop it, you clod! Do you know what a spark could do in a place like this? What are you, stupid? Inspector Plodder's stupidity is not at issue here. Though believe me, think I'm stupid, that last just ran the wrong way. The entrance is over there. Ladies, my name is C.H. Arles. We have many questions, but perhaps we could start with your names. I suppose since you found us out, I'm Morag and this here is Berta. That were Edna that just ran out of here. And how came you to be working in this mine? Oh, you shut it, you. Those are the church bells. What in heaven? It's a warning, Miss Wilson, for those who are yet to arrive here to keep away. Inspector, it seems as though Edna was not as stupid as you. Uh, as you thought. But how? If the church was locked up as securely as you claimed, Miss Wilson, the only way to ring those bells would be to come in from underneath. The tunnels of this mine run all through the countryside. You see, Morag, I already know all about your little enterprise here, but perhaps you would explain it to my friends. After the mine closed, all the men moved on to greener pastures. My Edwin went looking for gold in Alaska. Instead, he found a new family in Salt Lake City. I was left alone here with not a penny. I slept in the old barracks for a while until one day I came back to see it's all locked up. Fair enough, says I, it wasn't my home in the first place. I found that the only door in town without a lock on it was this one. After sleeping down here for weeks, I discovered this chamber we're standing in now. There was a thin vein of coal that I suppose the others had missed. So I chipped away at it to build a fire. Day after day, I discovered the vein widened. It's 15 feet if it's an inch, and deep. And so you enlisted the help of others. I got some of the other women who lost their husbands, widows or gals like me. A miner's wife can pick up a lot just listening to her husband jabber. So among the lot of us, we fair knew what to do. We worked at night and in secret, so no passers-by would see us carting the stuff out. There's enough down here to make us all rich women. Made a pretty good go of it for a while. And like the church, you tunneled into the miners' barracks, didn't you? And how did you know that, fella? My doggy, among his many talents, <whistles> is very good at detecting dust. In the grocery, which you presumably found unfit for occupation, what with the rotting food and... 
Petunia. There was a thick layer of dust over everything, to which Ophiuchus deftly alerted us. Good boy, Ophiuchus. Who's got a dust allergy? Who's got a dust allergy? In the barracks, no sneezes, no dust. Why should that be the case if the two buildings were vacated around the same time? Well, you seem to know as much about our business as we do. Most of the gals have homes and husbands in the other villages nearby. They sneak over here one or two nights a week to make a little extra spending money. Me, Bertha, and Edna, we're the only full-timers. We sleep up in the barracks during the day. When we heard that door groaning open earlier, we slipped in the trap door and hid down here. The last thing we wanted was to get caught before we'd gotten our fortunes. I must admit, this operation is very impressive. And with the church bell, you even have some safety measures in place. Very progressive. We may be thieves, but we ain't stupid. Quod erat demonstrandum. Whenever we hit a bag of foulness, we evacuated lickety-split and rang the church bells to warn others away. What in heaven's name is a bag of foulness? Foyer damp, ye twat. Methane gas, Inspector. It accumulates in bituminous coal deposits, and when penetrated, is released, sometimes at great pressure, creating fissures in the rock. Ten years we've been at this, and no deaths. That's better than the man's record, I should say. My guess, Morag, is that you've had two such episodes in the past ten years. Gasp! That's right. One was a few years back, the other's a big one, just the other night. Gasp again! We shut down operations yesterday to let it air out. We was just in to see that everything was safe before we brought the ladies in again. Ladies, I'm afraid your safety record may not be as exemplary as you supposed. Miss Wilson, you asked me before how I knew where to find these women in these vast tunnels. Your house is approximately 550 yards west by southwest of the entrance to the mine. I followed exactly the same path to get here, underground. You see, Miss Wilson, these ladies are mining directly under your house. I... what? Four years ago, a methane leak shut down this mine. The church belts were run for the safety of those working here, but unknown to them, the gas vented directly up and filled the bedroom of your eldest sister, Prudence, who suffocated painlessly in her sleep. Oh, my dear. I don't know what to say. I, I didn't know. House. Hearing the warning bells, I've no doubt that Patience reacted just the way you did. She rose to investigate, which might have saved her life if she hadn't done one thing. She attempted to light a candle. She rose to investigate, which might have saved her life if she hadn't done one thing. She attempted to light a candle. Under my house, all this time, it was you women and this coal. I'm so terribly, terribly sorry. If I'd have known this might happen, I never would have started this. Nonetheless, Miss Morag, Miss Bertha, I'm afraid I must arrest you both for two counts of woman slaughter. And I'll alert the authorities to shut down this operation for good. There, Polly, you see? As promised, I've solved the mystery of your sister's deaths. If these activities had continued, you would very likely have been dead yourself at the next methane leak. But now, thanks to me, you've nothing to fear. And your sisters may rest in peace. To f*** with my sisters? There's coal in my land! Sweet I'm going to be rich. And you can bet your I'll be suing you thieving for what you've taken already. But... But politeness, these women have suffered too. Up your ass with it. This was the life I managed to save. Ha! Wow! That took a weird turn at the end. What do you think, Julia? Maybe we should just cut those last few lines. The Sound of the Vesper Bells was written by Leet Stetson. This is the only joke in the script. 
C.H. Arles and Inspector Plotter were played by Leet Stetson. Polly Wilson was played by Leanna Badewi. Ophiuchus and Bertha were played by Grace Smith. I really feel like I found Ophiuchus's voice. Yeah. Morag was played by Marika Lapointe. The Flinwick spokesperson was played by Polly Fulcave, with special guest star Leet Stetson as your narrator. Duetang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater is produced by Joseph Beebe and Theater Doubletake. Duetang Chesterfield wants to know, what's your hometown like? Send us a description and GPS coordinates to the burial place of your childhood pets at duetangmysteries.com. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> We're like this all the time. <laughs>